The following program contains irreverent humor, brilliant insights, and story elements from television or film that may give away important details. We got spoilers, or as they say in Klingon, Gumaka. Don't say we didn't warn you. When it comes to love on Star Trek, we usually think of Kirk or Riker as Don Juans of the galaxy who seduce whatever sexy species they come across, for science, of course. But the real magic in Star Trek is how characters from very different backgrounds fall in love in the middle of trying to save the universe. Time gets loopy and the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery, magic to make the sanest man go mad. As space swindler Harcourt Fenton Mudd stows away inside of a space whale to sneak inside the Discovery to figure out what makes the starship so special so he can sell the ship and its secrets to the Klingons. Because space-tripping Lieutenant Stamets has been injected with hot tardigrade DNA, only he knows what's really going on and has to convince Michael Burnham to let her guard down, slow dance with her crush Ash Tyler, and get the secrets they need from Mud to stop his sinister hijinks. What the track? Welcome to the podcast where we fabulously explore all the strange new episodes from the TV series Star Trek Discovery. I'm your ship's captain, Fausto Fernos. Picard on the streets, Kirk in the sheets. Please welcome my first officer and husband, Mark Felian. Hello, dear. Who just left a space whale in the toilet and won't flush it down. Thanks, Mark. I can't even phaser that thing out of here. (laughs) And please welcome our ship's guidance counselor, Colette Gregory, who is a betazoid, which means she's able to read all those filthy, dirty thoughts in your mind. What's up, bitches? (laughs) But she still loves you anyway. Oh, that's so sweet. And our ship's science officer, Brian Sweeney, who's half Vulcan, half Borg, half Romulan, half Android, and 100% asshole. You are what you eat. (laughs) (laughs) Star Trek is for lovers. You know, when I first heard that we were getting one of those, you know, time loop episodes, Mm -hmm. which they seem to do in every series, I was like, oh, no. You know, we're going to get to repeat every scene over and over again. Oh, sure, because what is it? It gets so tedious. In the top ten episodes on Netflix, uh, what is it, Voyagers, it was number three, I think. The most annoying? No, the most uh, popular popular one that people watch over and over again it was season one episode three it was that time loop one right uh, i think Wade. the time loop one was timeless timeless but i don't but i think you're thinking of time and again i believe it's called it was where the planet was going to blow up and die and yeah. they had to jane way and harry kim had yes. to go save everybody but i feel like this episode magic to make the sanest man go mad is finally our first full star trek episode with a romantic twist. And, and part of it, I think, is this is classic Star Trek, is a diverse group of people coming together, these colorful characters, listening to each other, solving their problems, and overcoming space pirate Harry Mudd. Mm. Yay! Yay! Diversity! Yay. <laughs> Speaking of love. They've done actually studies, uh, there's, there's actually science behind it, a diverse workforce can actually be better at problem solving than a very homogenized workforce. So when you acknowledge, not only when you have diversity, but when you acknowledge that diversity in an office environment or in a factory or in a theater, theatrical setting, you actually 
uh, unlock a lot of people's ability to solve problems creatively. Yeah, you get people coming from different backgrounds and so different ways of thinking about things. And when uh, those strengths and differences are honored, people are going to be more likely to share, to think outside of the box, um, to feel like they're in a safe environment, to be able to present those ideas. And then more likely problems are going to get solved. And, you know, it's like that that old saying, like, you uh, if you do the same thing over and over, that's the definition of insanity. So doing it in a different way, you're more likely to get to your solution. And Harry Mudd, his solution was to unlock the secrets of discovery. And by setting up that time loop, he was sort of problem solving in some degree. Yeah, trying different things every single time. Yeah. Time crystals. (laughs) Cool. Snorting them. Space mushrooms, space pigs, time crystals. And this is one thing that I was poppers thinking, and poppers Stamets uh, and Wilson Cruz were on poppers at one point. And or was it a dream? I I'm sorry. It might have been yeah, fanfic. Was, I read yeah. when we think of Star Trek actors, we always think of Shakespeare because it takes a lot of training to make all that science gobbledygook make sense. Right. Especially Klingons, especially yes. Klingons. But there are another significant theatrical component to Star Trek is Broadway. And especially in Discovery, you have a lot of Broadway actors involved to some degree or another, and certainly Anthony Rapp really shines in this series as the, you know, hey, baby, we're all connected. Now, yeah. now got a new like personality. The, I... Okay, this, the best thing yeah, that ever happened to him. Yes, he should have shrooms a long time ago. And even Lorca, he fucking pounded out the admiral last episode, and now he was a lot more loose. Even though, <laughs> well, he, he's got a lot less on his mind now. He's right? not. Well, yeah, because she got uh, caught, and he's like, he's, "Fine, yeah. man, I already got my nut in. I don't care." Well, and also she's not going to be able to turn him <laughs> in. So oh, right. right. I, I thought it was more of the he he busted. And, um, that might be part of it. Yeah. Well, there's a scene where he said, I already busted, I don't care. And it's like, God damn, you cold. And then Sarah's like, I you understand. Special they, all access account, like you, all access XXX. This uh, is more that I was flash fiction. Cold medicine. That must be the one, the, the extra <laughs> service. That must be the, the $7.99 a month. Star Trek <laughs> After Dark. Yeah. yeah um, let, oh, let's just say, also, Tilly was down to get fucking filled out like a tax form. She was ready. Yeah, she was looking for intergalactical dick. Yeah, yeah. she was like, I like, I like guys in bands and soldiers and Uniforms. just anything with a She's fucking like, you dick. You just like dick. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. I'll, I'll scissor with you. Let's scissor. Walking Dead, let's do it. And they just start scissoring. Can we say crazy that this episode. is the first time we've seen the cast of a Star Trek episode have a party, and actually that party seemed like a party you want to go to? <laughs> lit. I mean, yeah. I was very confused with like the, the 90s music they're playing. Uh, Wyclef, yes, exactly. Staying alive. I was like, am, am I mishearing this? But then what? they, they it's, it's looked at so much. a hundred like, years later. I guess mm-hmm. so. Wy- yeah. Wyclef, staying alive is timeless. It is also like... 200 years later, I think, right? <laughs> it's yeah. such a weird like song too it's a very specific uh, age for uh, that song, but apparently I think it, they said it was... Um, uh, Alex Kurtzman, who said that uh, it should be Wyclef's uh, We Want to Stay Alive from uh, The Carnival, his first solo album, featuring <laughs> Refugee All-Stars, Refugee mm. uh, shine, Chasing Shiny Bald Heads. Anyway, <laughs> um, more in the town, the pigs and beasts is loose. Anyway, um, <laughs> la la la. Uh, uh, and defecating on your microphone. Um, so, anyway, that's my last Fuji's reference. Anyway, um, 
And apparently, but it was good because it was the musical cue that, uh, mm-hmm. as and it's a thing for in film, they so it tells you What's things happening. are starting over. Things yeah. are starting over, much like the Supernatural season three episode mystery spot where they played Asia's Heat of the Moment every time Dean died and Sam would wake up again. Heat of the moment, and Tell just because it comes from Groundhog Day mm-hmm. when. Every time they would play I Got You, Babe, you knew that the day was starting over right. for Bill Murray. Because people were making a joke that this is Gormagander Day yes. for this thing. Because no, Gormagander is the space whale. And every day, every space 30 whale minutes. that is too busy to mate. That spends his, uh, <laughs> spends was a, a living analogy for our girl Michael yeah. Barnum. Okay, too busy to mate. Spend lives oh, feeding on up alpha on particles in solar winds, often so consumed by this test that they ignore all other instincts. Because mm-hmm. they're all all uh, our girl does is jog around the fucking ship. <laughs> I have a problem here with it. Here's the what? weirdest part of this series. How the, the hell are, why is everyone jogging in the hallway? You gotta stay fit. But why don't they have a gym? This is a gigantic ship. Because you got to go around. You but have people to, like, are going to run into somebody in the hallway. And That's in fact, what I'm I saying. Hope that How happens. else are you going to have a meet cute? It's a military. Okay. But they, but who met cute there? I mean, it can happen eventually. <laughs> and that, that it did Those guys were pretty studly. I didn't okay. mind watching that muscle meet. run by. Exactly. They didn't meet. Uh-uh. The, I'm complaining that they're not running shirtless. That might well, happen. They have to have the disco shirts. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Sell that merch. Available for sale at StarTrek.com. Can we talk about this party? a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys have told me that there's something about, like, fake alcohol in the Synthahol. So, but, like... <laughs> but there's Romulan Ale. Uh-huh. I don't... Romulan Ale... will fuck uh, you up. But I don't know if, uh... Yeah, Romulan Ale should be against the law. It is. Um, <laughs> Here's a bottle. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, Romulan Ale is, uh, real alcohol. And Scotty... Always like has scotch. like a, a bottle of scotch in his that he. Uh, I have a bottle of scotch, Captain. Hi, laddie. From the Here, try this. It is. It, it is, puts hair on your chest. It is blue. <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. So, so you're so yeah, so I'm, Do you think that that's what they were drinking? Because they looked real, was, like real wasted, not, I was not fake wasted. That. Well, so. the thing with the synthahol is it will get you buzz, but it won't give you the side effects. So you won't be all like hungover, you know. And so I think maybe you can, maybe you might be able to turn it off too, or okay. something. So like you go from like being buzzed to like not being buzzed. Because that I'm was sorry. looking like a party in Wrigleyville. So I was like, Colette, you haven't uh, installed the synthahol app on no, your phone. I'm so sorry. when you're ready to be done being drunk. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is put in your password, mm. which is uh, in, in the future is mm-hmm. 32 characters oh, long. Of course, yes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, if you're not too drunk, you just put in your passcode. Like an iris scan or like a thumbprint or something. No, we're still using passwords oh, okay. in the future. Gotcha. And so then you have to unlock the mm. the synthahol chip inside your body, which gotcha. releases sobriety, to- you know, antitoxins, mm. and then you're fine. I'm sorry, I no. do. I do wonder if the party scene will hold up. Like, let's... Look, guys, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we're not married, 
in 10 years. Let's all meet back here. No, uh, I, I feel like it, it, it is an interesting thing. Like, I wonder if it will be something that, like, we look at in a few years and be like, Jesus Christ, what is happening? Oh, you well, feel it's, it's going to feel it dated like a party, in the future? Though, right? It does. Yeah. I'm just... I mean, the music you, was already dated, but so... But when, yeah. when you look at, like, uh, parties, like, on Voyager and stuff like that, it looks like you're having some kind of, like, corporate get-together kind of party. So this yeah. actually looked like it was a nightclub. It's how you would imagine it would be, because like, these people, they're in space, they're far away from other people, they're going to want to have fun, they're going to want to have a good time, they're going to want to let loose, and so why not have a party on the ship? They also played Al Green. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Al Love was and that Happiness. The, that was the slow dance, mm-hmm. right? Love and Happiness. You know? So did you notice that there were also... Uh, lesbians dancing on the dance floor or two mm-hmm. women dancing mm-hmm. which I thought was nice I don't know if we've seen that Me before too. in Me the too. land of Trek well those are actually two gender non-conforming space oh, aliens see, I should not have that were of, <laughs> of so polar sorry. opposite genders there's 12 yeah. genders yeah. on their planet uh, I'm sorry so. Fausta but those weren't yeah they weren't species or aliens they are particles that's how they prefer <laughs> I'm so sorry no well, they, they, they appear uh, to be human so, women yeah they were presented as listen, they Colette. presented as yeah. uh, human yeah. women I, as a those beings gender non-binary as. non-human space uh, multi-dimensional Dimensional mm-hmm. um, and a lot of other things. Can species. I say they were white? Though they were they white. Were not Hell even yeah. that. Oh, Two see. hot white lesbians just <laughs> dancing. <laughs> Uh, you gotta, you know, ask these questions before making those assumptions. Were, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. They look like women. You they were notice? trills. They, mm-hmm. they, they had like one was an old guy and the other was an old lady, but they were Hello, two hot man. chicks, two hot chicks' bodies, and they were boning. I mean, I'm just a little black girl from Gary, Indiana. Yeah, but your mom about, knew Avery I Brooks. I don't know. I'm just a little black girl from Gary, Indiana. I don't know about Baseball. none of this. You have no right. I don't know about nothing you like that. Did we see no. some men dancing together too? I hope or was not. it just women? Not my America. I mean, I guess they already pandered, you know, to that demographic with the the Anthony Rapp, uh, Wilson Cruz character. So mm. they're like, we want to let you know that we have diversity of sexual orientation on this ship. So mm. I was I was happy to see it. You know, shout out to the girls. Yeah, it's nice to see. You know, not just. I mean, seriously speaking, though, you know, same sex couples. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of gay in this series. There's a lot of like uh, diversity that we just don't really see. Elsewhere in Star Trek, mm-hmm. and um, and I think it's fantastic. This is I'm really glad that we're doing this podcast because, in a lot of ways, who we are as individuals in this show is a reflection of the characters on mm-hmm. the on the series, and mm-hmm. and finally, sort of feast of fun and. And Star Trek have become one, which is yeah. we've reached a singularity. This is the future liberals want, honey. Tonight's yes. night when two become one. Discovery is the future liberals want. And I'm so excited and delighted by seeing the ensemble working together. You know, because it was such an individualistic series up until this point, and seeing sort of everybody contributing their own little quirks, not just as characters, but as actors, mm-hmm. um, that really made it fun to watch. Yeah, Leaf. Letha, the previous episode is kind of is when they finally brought the crew together, and uh, at the end of the episode, Tilly is Tilly, and or no, even in the, like the beginning of the, at the beginning of uh, the last episode, Tilly and um, Burnham were friends, and it was just nice, mm-hmm. like to be like, oh, finally, like. Because, They're an odd couple too. Be, and yes, yeah. and like like I had said, like Tilly is there to play off because Burnham is nor is like 
stuffy and whatever and serious until he's like oh hi, and, you know and flighty or whatever and funny and so they're supposed to be these two contrasting things and so it's very very fun to have them together but what this episode and it was it's wonderful that saru was finally like hey you know all right we're friends that can be cool and she's like hey here's michelle yao's telescope and like so they, it, it really felt like with this episode, it was almost like the beginning of the actual show in mm-hmm. a way. Like, we had so long, frustratingly, I felt, of them not acting like a crew or not even having interesting quarrels. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't like you because I don't trust you. And it went on for so long that now we're almost at the half point. We have uh, two more episodes until they... Uh, go on break till January and it was it took so long and it's just so wonderful to finally get them in a place that if Ash Tyler is a Klingon spy I like that will be well, awful there's, there's a new theory you know do you want to know what the new theory is yeah is that he was a human and then he was pretending to be a Klingon, and that's why they made him an albino, So because he had no house to claim his own. Because oh. you couldn't just stick a human inside like the House of Mortok hmm. and take over. And so now he's like, he's, he's, back, as a, he's back as a okay, human. But how did he get what? turned into a Klingon, though? The, he's the, a double the feder- spy. He's a double spy. Turned? The Federation would have turned him into a Klingon oh, okay, he got to turned. infiltrate. Okay. So the Federation oh. would have made him into a Klingon to spy on them. Oh. And then it just so happened his path was to come back, and then we'll see what happens with that i hope like it does seem that like it's i mean this actor is great and he has so much charm and charisma Mm -hmm. and he does he is they have so much uh wonderful uh what do you call it with one another uh what do you call it chemistry Chemistry. they have chemistry he has like (laughs) they really the humans have Yes. So what, what, the, what, what is it? it? He is half people. He is half Klingon, half Romulan. Okay, I'll translate it for you. When I got one you. I'm a human, human mm-hmm. has another human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that it's like just wonderful to have a sh- uh, them being a crew that mm. actually, that like can get into arguments, but it's no longer like I'll fucking throw you well, out of the escape hatch. And now bitch. we have the they've everybody the people are bonded together, and now we see a romance that's there, and we actually see our, our the first kiss between these two, although yeah. it gets quickly forgotten because it's a uh, you know the time loop. Yes. But it's just like Bellana, Taurus, and Paris, Bro. it'll come back, you know. <laughs> and and part of it is like all these. You know, interpersonal connections. Mm-hmm. It makes us care about them now. Mm-hmm. Now we. Now I'm looking forward to seeing what Anthony yeah. Rapp does next episode. Yeah. I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing what his character Sarah is so does. much more likable yes. now. He was like getting to be a little bit like uh, uh, insufferable, but they, now but they, he's yeah, enjoyable. He, no one on this show, I felt, they didn't let them do anything for the longest time. Yeah. Like they didn't make you like them. Does it make it better now, though? Is it was a part of the thing, or do you think we could have liked them from the beginning, or did we need this kind? of like, uh, let's dip our toe in here. Oh my god, I'm not really sure about this. Uh, I think, and now it's okay. I think we could have liked them. You can have... From the get-go. I think, and, and I still feel, the pilot, it was bad that they had an entire different ship and crew, mm. and then went into this discovery. I think that there was a way that you could make it so they themselves are already a crew on Discovery because we also don't really show them together. Like, they aren't a crew. It's mm. always... And if it was like Burnham is just the odd man out, but the rest of them are a crew, mm-hmm. 
then I think that that was an interesting thing, mm. but that's not really how they played it. So do you think that this is why Brian Fuller quit the series? Because he quit it around this time in Well, production. there was a delay. There was yeah. a big delay in production, and he had to move on to other projects because, you know, listen, that guy gets paid bank. But Brian Fuller also, that's like his thing is that he is very slow because mm. he is very like meticulous of putting stuff on that it just took a long ass time and he was in the pilot episode he got a story by credit and then the first uh or the third episode or whatever this first episode where she's on the discovery he got a story by and ever since then he's not had stories by but there's something i mean maybe that's it but i have to assume that he always wanted to get to this point mm-hmm. but I really hope and pray that this is what we're going to be having from here on out. And there was just a feeling in this episode. It was obviously the best episode that Discovery's done. One of the best, like, just episodes ever. Like, it's a great episode of television. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, there was, like, a feeling of... It was like light, like it, it light on its feet, like mm-hmm. it was moving, and it didn't have this like heaviness wearing it down. Of like, this is a bummer. So true, because like when you see those loop shows, uh, when they do these time loops, sometimes you're like, oh my god, we're gonna see this scene again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do this loop thing in such a way as they made it really fun. Mm-hmm. And then you had those crazy montages with Harry Mudd killing the captain over and over. And again. that's always and wonderful and because like, we, we kind of yeah. like don't like Lorca, so mm-hmm. we're, we're enjoying to we're see like, like Malfoy get killed this time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun <laughs> seeing people. Seeing people get killed and knowing, like, mm-hmm. oh, but this is going to be fine. Yeah. And also, like, the bridge set was lit. Like, mm-hmm. it was well lit. Mm-hmm. And so it was, was interesting. the hangar was well lit. Like, it wasn't all the dark, moody lighting right. that we've had on Star Trek Discovery. Like, it looked like the first time I'm like, oh, this is why people signed up for Starfleet. Because the entire series has just been, like, people not enjoying anything mm-hmm. and just hating shit. And now there was finally mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And it was amazing because, you know, you, you saw, like, the stakes were, uh, weren't were that high for a lot of these things because you were just like, oh, these people are going to come back. These people are going to come back because of the time loop and stuff. Uh, but then, you know, you see uh, Burnham at the end. You know, she may have just been kissed, but, man, uh, she mm-hmm. did swallow that dark matter like a pro. Mm. And it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to something see. Something about us black girls. <laughs> no. And just you to see know. her body, like, disintegrate. And it's mm. like, you know, she did that because it was like, you know, she loved those people. And you could tell it was like, you know, her Romeo and Juliet moment. It was like, it's like, it's like, uh, listen, hopefully this will work. That was also you know? like, it was a great scene, like Harry Mudd being like, God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, again. And he's like, fine. And like, he blows up as a ship. And then when they show him going through the security protocols, like, he's annoyed. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, uh, 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 mm-hmm. like, let's get to the part where I get to kill the captain. But there is, like, a plot hole there, because... What's it's, the plot hole? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a plot hole, but it is a thing that you have to fill in of, like, how did they convince her again? Like, because once you start it over, the only person that remembers is Harry Mudd, because he has a time yeah. crystal thing, and Stamets, because he's outside of the time stream. It's, yeah. it's her dirty little secret. It's uh, that she's never been mm-hmm. in love, and you need to listen to me. Which is, like, who is going. surprised by that? But, like, mm-hmm. but by now... He said that he had killed Lorca 53 times, so let's say she's only done this 54 yeah. times. 28 hours. It, yeah, whatever. It seems like 
every single time you have to give more information mm-hmm. and there's and it's very fast you have to get it right. so she's a Vulcan though she went into these little little holes in the ground and then she learned the things but so she, also, she could learn things very quickly but then she had to go on the bridge and be like okay here's what we're gonna do blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. time Christmas yeah. blah 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 Dwight, with blah, Tyler, blah, Dwight from the office blah 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 and like and then like okay okay and like and Lorca say Captain Mud blah 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 the fucking Dwight's gonna come in mm-hmm. alright and then it happens and everyone's like we're all aboard we're all on board for this yeah, shit yeah well maybe Stamen's like got a you know really good elevator pitch going by the the 50 50 second loop i mean it's fine because it works and that's a thing like it's it shows that in stories as i've said many times plot holes we actually don't care because as long as the story is good and we're enjoying ourselves we don't stop and say wait a minute that only happens when we don't enjoy things or they're boring but, but 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 from the perspective of the individual characters on Star Trek, regardless of the episode, there's one thing we're not talking about, which is every time somebody gets teleported, every time the the time loop happens, everybody is dying, and from their vantage point, they're not around to see the the group succeed together. Because when you get teleported, you die and you're replaced with a copy of yourself. And that was a sort of a what? yeah. You're know. not every time you're teleported, you're disintegrated, yeah. and the computer is recreating you like a like a replicator hmm. uh, elsewhere. And so for some reason, your thoughts. So I guess humanity doesn't have a soul, right? So uh, all our thoughts are transported alongside um, our bodies into that new location. And it's uh, there was a Star Trek episode where Riker was dealing with another Riker that was yes. through a transporter accident. Yeah, and um, the transporter keeps in its memory banks uh, the last time that you beamed aboard, and that's happened several times, where a person is like, how about we go through and you put me back by the memory that you have of the transporter. So, yeah, the transporter has a lot of ethical, or not ethical, just metaphysical ethics issues, I guess. But if you're okay for it, you're okay. Well, from, when they, from the vantage point of a, of a viewer and an audience member, honky-dory. But from your mm-hmm. experience of going through that, you literally are dying. Yeah. And you're not around to see your twin mm-hmm. live a life. And imagine if they're, they're literally moving but around. But it's still from, your same consciousness. So you're not really dying. But, but, but you, don't, you don't know that. You're not experiencing yeah. that. That's, that's a copy of you. And consciousness is just organs and your chemical reactions and synapses like it's your brain it's not there's not a thing inside of you that is a consciousness like right. i'm sorry so but if somebody commits suicide you can just you know go to the latest pattern buffer mm. and download you them you can't again. bring somebody back from the dead from the you, pattern buffer you can't do that even though i guess why not you if you can store it because right? i i think that they store I, a backup i would just, they do have backups because yeah. it's just like we beamed the board and so the last time i beamed the board is that but they always have to be like oh i'll try it but i don't know you might blow up or something because they have to always put like stakes on things but i love putting stakes on things yum yum um and so <laughs> but yeah that is a a thing of uh the transporter and that's you just started but also you like, just have to sort of for overlook it. But it's also yeah. like a thing like we shed our skin and the, our organs create, mm-hmm. recreate themselves constantly in our bodies. So like the person, like you're a completely different person than you were a few years ago. Every seven years, isn't mm-hmm. it? Or something like that. They yeah. say. Just Every like Pond Fart. That was a question I had. Burnham's never been in love. Mm-hmm. Has she fucked? 
Is she a virgin? <laughs> Did she engage in pawn far? Do you think, How old is she? Do you think she has a physical so. response to that? I don't think she, you know, because she is a human. Okay, but. But would she have a cultural response to it? But she knows about it. Yeah, of course. Because she's on Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Even, but she don't even know how to, like, holler at a dude, like, let alone take dick. Well, Vulcans, she, you, but first of all, <laughs> you, you know how to take dick when you're, not when you're, well, yeah, when you're born. Like, you are able to take dick because it's. It's in our chem- in our brains. Like, yeah, it's instinct. You don't need it's like the- Halloween. Even if you didn't grow up Halloween, you still respond to the candy. Or like you understand, like if you fall down, it hurts and you cry. Like yeah. you're, you don't have to be taught how to cry. This is like not suave enough. Like she has to. She so, might not so, rub so one Colette, out. You think Michael Burnham is a virgin? Yes. Yeah, she may be. And also, too, you have to remember yeah. she was on Vulcan, and they're they're they're, they're speciesist, so they might look at her and be like, she's but, nasty. But, it's like fucking her dog or but something. Me Kirshner, Amanda, she was probably like, listen, you have a period. Amanda's the only, like, I don't know if Vulcan women have periods, but, but Burnham does. Did, yeah. Where the fuck is she getting tampons? So Where's Amanda getting tampons? With the replicator. replicators. But, <laughs> so, but, so someone had to come to her and be like, hey, uh, you're bleeding out your pussy. Let me talk to you. I'm, I mean, I'm I, Amanda. She, I'm not saying she doesn't have a sexuality. I mean, like, clearly right. she's attracted to Ash Tyler. I'm just saying that she does not seem to me to have the the prowess or the the intricacies to to communicate with a man mm-hmm. and take it to a sexual place. But when yeah, you're a she kid, did you say she never fell in love. Yourself. She did say she never was in love. Yeah, but she like, didn't say. kids, like, four-year-olds, like, but will she be rubbing she also, themselves. She also has yeah. Vulcan mind control. She's got that cocktail. All that stuff might be on lockdown, you know? I don't know. Like, because I know, like, little girls will, like, rub up against the edges of couches, and boys are, like, jerking themselves when they're kids. Yeah. It just happens. By yourself, though, that's not with another person. But she was by herself on Vulcan, I'm saying. And you're saying that she, like, that you don't think that she ever had sexuality, and she didn't even know how to take a dick. I said she had sexuality. I did. I said I think she had sexuality. (laughs) I just don't think that she had sex with another person. Hmm. Or Vulcan. That's what I'm wondering because in I don't know if you know uh, Vulcans they mate every seven years right. and if this they don't the, they go crazy. This is the pond far thing, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, they get blue it's balls, fever. but they can also fight it sure. out, right? They like can the because shit, if yeah. you get the shit beat if out you, of you, if you, you think you've anymore. killed Captain Kirk, then you don't want to bone your wife anymore, and then she goes off with Stan, mm-hmm. and he goes, "You will find that." Oftentimes, the getting is not as good as the wanting. It is not logical. It is, however, often true. And then Fox just like walked away like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is definitely Anthony Rapp's episode. Uh, Lieutenant Stamets? Stamets. 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 Uh, you know, and we've heard throughout Star Trek, certainly the villains have been people who have been bio... Um, augmented, the augments, the eugenics, you know, mm-hmm. the clones, the the people with super strengths and wits and knowledge. And I have to say, you know, maybe eugenics isn't such a bad thing because he, he seems well, like, why wouldn't you let everybody just augment their bodies and minds however they like? Because the ship is certainly benefiting and, and humanity and the Federation of Planets is benefiting from... St- uh, Stamets, but you don't know the Stamets. repercussions. Of what's going to happen? What's going to happen with this guy? So who far, has so this, good. It's not going to be DNA. good. It's not going to be good because it doesn't exist yeah, anymore. It, you know, it's, so yeah, because it doesn't By come TOS. out. Of but you know, I, uh, you know, there, there's he's a multi-dimensional creature, and so he can uh, live in multi-dimensions now. So well, he's a four-dimensional, you know, so yeah, being. Cre- being. But um, so the fourth dimension being time. Is that right? Or hmm. 
I assume. Yeah. I'm, I mean, just the same way that you and I can walk around the room wherever we like because we're three dimensional beings, mm-hmm. but we're stuck in the fourth dimension that keeps moving forward and sort of like a flea on a, on a surface mm-hmm. of a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flea can't, has a hard time um, getting off that table. Mm-hmm. We're sort of stuck in the, in the time plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lieutenant Stamets, 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 get it right. Stamets, 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 Janet. I love you. There there you go, gay guys. Enjoy that. (laughs) He's able to move around time, at least in his conscious brain, the same way somebody would move around a room. It is strange. And so we're going to see something in the future series where he's going to leave... This dimension. He'll be like Cass and just be like, my gift to you. Well, that, that <laughs> I believe is, like I said, I didn't think it was the mirror universe. I thought, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that's what the mirror thing was. And now, and like, it's weird that they didn't even talk about it in the last now episode. In a relationship. Mm-hmm. But now they're just like, Wilson Cruz is like, oh yeah, he just exists in four dimensions now. It's weird, <laughs> whatever. Like, they didn't even bother to be like, this is crazy. And it's like, it's just like, no, he was just in the mirror because he can be everywhere at once. Once, but for some reason, he keeps coming back to these like half to this half hour over and over. But I did like that Stamets like throughout. Like I loved, and it happens. It's I love time loop episodes. I love the Groundhog Day episodes, and there's something always so satisfying when they just start repeating or saying the exact same words because they know what's going to happen mm-hmm. or know what's going to be said. And that's always, always a Fun. funny, oh, like, little thing. Oh, he was, like, talking thing. at the same time as Michael yeah. Burnham, yeah. And it happens in every mm-hmm. single Groundhog Day time loop type of thing. And, um, but he, him being everywhere at once seems like he's a god. Mm-hmm. So... As like it's cool that he's a hippie more so like a guy who just did acid and is and it broke his brain and mm-hmm. so now he's more like hey man what's up, but he's more controlled kind of than that he's so, but it is uh, interesting because that's also a huge Star Trek trope of men becoming gods mm-hmm. and what that means and so I knows? think well I mean you I know, can't this imagine could be the birth of the Q continuum you don't know I don't think that's it because the Q continuum has always been but it, yeah I mean, but when you, yeah. when you when you inject yourself into time you can go at any time but the Borg was able to move four dimensionally also but I think because they took yeah. that from species 8471 is that what the Jesus if I pulled that if that's right <laughs> if that's right that so well, they went from the, they went to fluidic space but I don't know I where know. they got the time I'm not sure where they got their time machine. Fluidic space. Species A472. Oh, now she's dried up. (laughs) Um, Okay, my question was, why did they just, like, let him go off with the the Harry Mud. Why did they just let him like go off into his um, father in law and wife? Like just released him to them yeah, for like, like house arrest. Like he kept well, killing people and like tried to sell them to the Klingons. Because you can't con a con man. You can con a con yeah. man. Yeah. They showed, but um, because that is the most TOS ending that's ever happened. Like that I can remember for a long time of and early. TNG episodes mm-hmm. of having the humorous, ironic ending. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the episode I Mud, 
where they're like, no, Harry, you just get to stay here with all of the android Stellas. And they're like, Harry. And he's like, you can't do this Harry? Cook. This is a And he's like, goodbye, Harry. And they, you know, and everyone's like, ha ha, he has to deal with his wife as an android. And then he can and come a bunch back of for, them. you know, future shenanigans. Yes. And it's because, but it is the humorous, mm-hmm. ironic thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me. So let Harry me. Mudd is kind of the proto Ferengi. In a sense, like, you know, he's a precursor to that. Well, this is also a much darker Harry Mudd, because, like, the Harry Mudd that we all know, I don't think was killing people, but, like, this guy was just killing. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure if he, but I don't think he would have, maybe he wouldn't have, maybe he was only killing because he knew that he could restart the timeline, so nothing so it, he wasn't it, it didn't he wasn't exist a, uh, yeah, like a psychopath he was just like I can just reset yeah this. it would have been this. fun to see him like kill someone and then like throw up because he's like god that was that's what I thought he was gonna do when he threw it at Ash Tyler uh, the dark matter and then it went, I thought he he's gonna be like that was exciting I forget what he said but I thought he was gonna be like that was gross <laughs> like I thought he was gonna be like oh god um but like he, Ray he's Wilson, a big baby. Yes, yeah. he is a uh, he's a smuggler and a pirate. Like that's what he does. He's a con man, and he just goes from place to place. And he's like, "Oh, I'll give you this and give you that," and then he makes off with a little bit of money and then is on to the next place. And so he's not he's an, a nuisance, mm-hmm. like an annoying prick. But he's not necessary. But he's more he's like not a threat. He's like Quark. He's not like yeah. the Ferengis that would go on a ship and take over. He's like I'm just trying to make my living, and he's doing I mean, it. He was going to sell them to the Klingons and no, like, let them be enslaved. That's terrible. so. What you're saying is that this version of Harry Mudd was much more uh, sinister and intense than the previous versions, which was a lovable rascal. Yes, but I think Rain Wilson was able to play it. God, Rain Wilson was so great. Yeah, like, he really did a good job. Harry Mudd, it's just, I love so much about this episode. I love when he comes on his space helmet. Let's talk about the helmet that Harry mm. was wearing with, like, the Andorian ears. It was that very vintage looking, wasn't it? Yes, and then he takes, oh, God, you're mad. I'm mud. Like, you could <laughs> tell... <laughs> He he looked like he was going to just like start like jumping up and down because he got to say that like he looked so happy. Uh-oh. So is he really in love with Stella or was he really no just, right? No, because she was like well, Stella, and he goes who? Oh right, yes. No Stella, he is. And so what's the deal with a, him and Stella? He's a blowhard asshole who's like, oh, let me tell you about Stella. And he's like, a romance. He's like, romance, yes. Tragedy, oh, never more, nothing more tragic. He's just a douchebag, like, who has a good line and he Why can sell Stella people. Why would Stella fall in love with this guy? We don't know that. Women make bad decisions. I think she likes that he's kind of a bad boy. Because she said, like, I knew who you were when I fell in love with you. She's like me. She loves trash. In 11... (laughs) You're Oscar the Grouch. Mm -hmm. I I love trash. In 11 years... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's a scoundrel. So you can, like, you know, why is Leia fall in love with Mm -hmm. Han Solo? But Mm -hmm. I guess that that's more because he 
true he showed that he mm-hmm. was a hero yeah but you take away like any heroics mm-hmm. from han solo and just yeah. have him like be the guy who never came back at the battle of yavin or something i really liked stella's outfit and her dad's outfit it was very vintage star trek yeah and really, her dad's yeah. like a gangster like that's yeah. they showed that they said that also and he's an arms dealer right is what they said yeah, yeah. and he ripped him off and i love that he's like but the way that uh i mud ends when when we have seen stella from 11 or 12 or 14 years from now she's an older woman who goes like Harry! and it's more like the lock horns yeah and be like you better not blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and so this is a younger this couple. is a very hot Stella yeah. she was cute who is like who wants uh, Rain Wilson but I mean Rain Wilson brings such charm and spark to Harry Mudd mm-hmm. that I, I, and I he buy. might have a big dick and she might <laughs> yeah like, he might hey. we let me say it. Harry Mudd Stella knows know. how to take dick oh, we all know that yeah no I could tell that uh, mm-hmm. whales who feed on alpha particles why not what, what you know the what was the, the what are they calling it the space whale gormagander Gormag- which gormagander. is very fun to say and you mm-hmm. can tell it's fun to say because they constantly keep saying it and they all again like the actors you can tell that they're all having fun with this episode even when they say gormaganders it you can tell that there's a joy mm-hmm. they really like this script and they feel that like we're actually doing something that's really fun right mm-hmm. now and it's yeah, it's really wonderful. Is, is that possible? Was, I guess that uh, you know mm-hmm. the alpha particles. You could, I guess, that well, happens energy, when right. So you'd be able to feed off something like yeah, that, right? But it's it's sort of like space mm-hmm. krill. Yeah. <laughs> and we we have, we've seen some version of uh, space whales on Star Trek before, and literal whales. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and literal whales. Yeah. So there's something about those whales that make people. There'll be too, whales right? captain on the ship. Well, they're good. But for this one has a crystal inside it. And be like Jonah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, whales are great for smuggling. Yeah, and and and, I, and please don't forget that there's a lot. If you're familiar with the musical Rent, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with the musical Hair, and any kind of um, ensemble, uh, you know, that's there's little tiny little references being made in Star Trek Discovery that. Like people who are fans of these Broadway plays and musicals are going to start seeing. I don't know enough about a lot of those shows, but I know that they're going to make their way in. Well, this is from uh, Stephen Sondheim's Space Whale. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for example, uh, in Hair the Musical, um, Walking in Space, um, you know, and of course, this is a song that it's about tripping and sort of being connected to all everything in the universe and having this these kind of hallucinations. Um, but they certainly really, really remind me a lot of uh, um, Anthony Rapp's character and sort of he could be right a, a character from the musical Hair. So I'm, I'm really excited. You know, him and Wilson Cruz have done a lot of work. And uh, Doug Jones, um, I thought he was gay. He's married mm-hmm. to a woman, but he did the the he was the puppeteer behind the short lived YouTube series Gay Robot. The oh. Nick Swartzen. Yeah. He's like, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah. are you going to be going to the gym? Can I go with you? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want to, like, blow a guy. Like, I that was, give, uh, I would give him a Hummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so that, that was so uh, one of his early, that was one of the first YouTube videos that really went viral. Yeah. It was really a lot of fun. Gay robot. Yeah. So, 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 you know, they've, there's a lot of gay in this series, which I really appreciate. And, um, we're seeing a lot of the gender nonconforming characters. Uh, I think, uh, um, Sarek is not male or female. Saru, you mean? Saru, sorry. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of same-sex coupling and stuff like that. So it's it, I'm really excited when they sort of go in that direction and explore it fully. I was excited that they said that uh, Harry Mudd was able, like, when he stole the time crystals, and he, or when he was able to use the time crystals, he said that he first did it at a Betazoid bank. It's always like, <laughs> I was like, ooh, Betazoid, he said Betazoid. Like, yeah, it's, always, it's always really. They knew he was thinking. But it's always, like, really fun when they give, like, a little reference to something else. And Betazoid, is, that's a really fun... And well, Alpha Centauri, when they said that that's where he met Wilson Cruz. Alpha Centauri was uh, one of the first uh, colonies that humans uh, or that, mm-hmm. that humans set up a colony in. In, and real, real, in real science, uh, Alpha Centauri is one of the closest stars, stars to Earth. Mm-hmm. That's not in our solar system. Yeah, but the Alpha Centauri system, that's where uh, Zephyrin Cochran... And uh, went, went after to. he left our Earth. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. And first yes, contact? Yes. That's where he went? No. Oh. He's Eventually. On, yeah, he's on Earth in first contact. Okay. Uh, metamorphosis, I believe he's in Alpha Centauri. Ah. Uh, what about the uh, the whole idea between the crystal time-traveling loop and all that kind of stuff? Has that ever happened in other Star Trek episodes? Or, I mean, in the mechanisms of how we're sort of moving around in time... Uh, it's usually tachyon particles that <laughs> yeah time do crystal- that. well this series Chron- some people are very upset because uh, they don't give a shit about science for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're just like whatever. Yeah, they're like the spore driving mushrooms and shit. And like apparently, like that's just like one guy like wrote that scientific theory, and then everyone was like, "This is ridiculous." But like they must, they were just like, you know what? Let's it make works. that into a thing. But you know, if you go to Michigan, there's there's fungus in Michigan that are miles and miles across, and it's all one thing. So maybe there's well, some well, kind the of movie, uh, spore. A lot of fun Avatar. Guys. Um, that that was the, also the 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 premise of the film is that the whole planet is connected mm-hmm. through an underground Fungus, network yeah. of, of uh, the tree my, of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so they're able to communicate with each other and you know transcend space and time. Because mm-hmm. mm. you know mushrooms, maybe you you get some of those inside you on a weekend. Make yourself like some good mushroom tea. You're gonna have a good time, and time is gonna feel like it's time. You missed it last week. I made some mushroom tea of oh, the non-hallucinogenic oh. kind. Boo. <laughs> uh, they say it was good for uh, reishi tea. It's good for uh, cleaning out your liver. Although some people say cleaning out your liver is not a real thing. But you know, mushrooms do have some nice antiviral qualities. Did you see the news report about what? reishi mushroom supplements? What about it? It's all fake. What about in the supplements? Like what? What you're fake. buying? You're actually physically buying the mushrooms. Yes, dried, I'm buying up, dried mushrooms and making it. An and you're making the tea. tea. But if you buy the pills, oh, it's okay. not even in there. It's not in there in any Ooh. brand. It's all they're just selling you like Chinese cardboard. Oh man! But Chinese cardboard, I read, is good for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's the, a lot of wisdom inside those. The, mm-hmm. the classic uh, yeah. time loop episode from Star Trek is cause and effect from season five, episode eighteen. I had to look at that. Uh, the episode where one of the greatest opening scenes in the history of television. Uh, it starts with the Enterprise. Um, on fire or whatever, and he's like, all hands are the ship, all hands, and it just blows up, and then the theme song starts. It, it's amazing. Mm. It's called Cause and Effect, and it's the episode where, and Beverly Crusher is the one who figures out that they're in a temporal causality and loop. What, how does she figure it out? Do you remember? She, I think She's she just has funguses. deja vu. Yeah, I think I don't remember, but she under she feels like she's done it before. Oh yeah, but um, because she's part something. 
She's part. It's always because somebody's part mm. something. Well, Doctor she did make love to a ghost. Maybe the ghost. Yeah, she got pounded up. Or no, her grandma got pounded up by a ghost, and then oh, she. But I, she up. started to get pounded. I think she and the ghost were flirting. And then right? John, I think sex with the ghost was very sexy. Oh, uh, Bobby Brown did. Mm-hmm. He, what? what? Yeah, Bobby Brown. He said he got fucked by a ghost, and he said that it in was amazing. Yeah, in his his book. Yeah, where he sort of outed Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Is there any that, reason not to? His, his Did you read that whole book? No, I didn't read that. How'd you know about this? I, I saw like a press tour. <laughs> is there any reason? <laughs> I was the ghost. <laughs> is there That's any? How I know. Is there any reason to uh, think that Bobby Brown might not be the best uh, person to take no. his word? No, I don't think <laughs> no. so. No, and think that he might not. Understand Understand what perception is reality, but like the, the archetype of having sex with a ghost or an alien or being abducted by aliens in the past, people used to have sex with gods. And uh, there's a very famous painting Elves. of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeus a, didn't have sex as a cloud. He would sort of in taking yeah, he, this woman. Zeus, yeah, Zeus just raped everything. Yeah. He'd be like, I'm an owl. And but there's something like in, in in our brains as human beings that we need to like always be abducted or have sex with something that's you know angels and gods. Gods were the past, and now it's aliens who mm-hmm. well, vampires have sex with us. Because human men ain't shit. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we like, yeah, we like sex with, but but it's because we there's something about having danger in sex that we that is of a turn on. So that's why. I well, you think that having sex with a space alien is is more dangerous than having sex with a, somebody of your own species? I'm assuming yeah. so because one of it was uh, created over millions of years to have sex with you, and the other one's a space alien. And you don't know what shit you're getting. Yeah, yeah you, you, they you got don't know there. about their organs or anything. Like, there. you can't, if you go to another, like, continent and, like, eat the grass, you'll die. That's true. No. But, like, the water, like, makes you shit blood. So, like, you gotta, I mean, I can only so, imagine oh, what having so you sex say with an a, alien cum makes you shit blood. Yeah. Haven't okay. you ever seen alien cum shit blood? Well, that blood? was sort of explored in an episode of Enterprise where, where oh, the shit uh, trip, blood episode. Trip, uh, I guess he. Yeah. Yeah, he got pregnant oh. because he uh, what thought what what the experience that he was having with another alien he didn't realize he was having sex. Yeah, with Yeah, he was. She was like, "Hey, eat this," and he was like, mm, "This is good." And then he became pregnant, <laughs> and he was what like, happens? "You." <laughs> so uh, I mean, you think that they would sort of have better protocols for interspecies sex in mm-hmm. Starfleet? I think that they eventually, you have to get like doctor's permission to, to do stuff. Like, I, I don't, here's what... Because Kirk doesn't. Well, here's what would happen. There would be something, like a pill, or you would take shots, and mm-hmm. or we would figure out a way mm-hmm. to be like, hey... You want we, to bone we, her? Yeah. Take this pill. And it's like, you guys need this. It'd be like inoculations, or like getting your immunization mm-hmm. shots, or like getting shots before you go to another country. I feel like it would then be like... Here you can have sex with an Andorian now. Because wasn't there a space AIDS episode on Star was. Trek? Uh, yeah. Well, there, it was started. Um, it started yeah. uh, Merritt uh, Butrick, who died of AIDS. Um, who was a writer? No, he was. Uh, he was Captain Kirk's son, David, mm. in uh, Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock. The actor. Uh, yeah, and he. Um, there was supposed to be a, an AIDS episode, but then they changed it around. But there's also. Blood and Fire, which David Gerald wrote, who wrote Trouble with Tribbles, and they refused to, for whatever reason, they said no, because that was a more uh, a more a f- explicit, mm-hmm. like, AIDS. And what was the plot of that? Black, I don't remember. Like they, they made it 
in one of the fan films, like right. Star Trek Continues. And they had Captain Kirk Floyd. had a son whose son was gay, and uh, or, or nephew, was, I think it was nephew was gay, and yeah. he was aboard the ship. Scotty, I think it might have been Scotty, I forget. Yeah, it's yeah. somebody's, I think it might have been Scotty's nephew So it's nephew some gay fan something. fiction out there, so you can watch it. Well, it's David Gerald Does it feel weird that now gay culture and characters and Broadway and, and like all this stuff is right front and center and integrated and now it's part of Star Trek canon? The fact that it was, you know, very noticeably absent from all the other series, does it feel like incongruous or do we are we happy to see it and we're forgiving the past for not having that or like, you know, what I'm saying like there's sexism and there's in, in, in the past of Star Trek that obviously like is being addressed as society improves um, is is the sort of absence of gender and sexual nonconforming characters um, a welcome change or is that make you th- just make the past seem more noticeably awkward. Well, I think it's always important to understand context and understand when things are made. So like Deep Space Nine, when Avery Brooks is made to be commander, then Captain Sisko, it's because they were specific of like, we want to put a black man as the captain because we already have two white guys. And then Janeway was specifically, we want a woman captain. And, uh, Specifically for Star Trek Discovery, they wanted women of color to be the stars of the show. They also wanted to make the character not the captain of the ship. Yes. The main character. But, yeah, so, like, those things, uh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's good to know, like, what was going on? Mm-hmm. Like, when you're watching, like, a Twilight Zone yeah. episode and be like, oh, this is about the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. you can be like, oh, okay, so, like, you understand, be like, wow, this is really good for that time, even though it doesn't speak mm-hmm. to the time now, but... Just like there weren't really black captains in the original series, when you get to Next Generation, there, there might are. there are an admiral. And, yeah, but and I guarantee you, by the end of this series, she'll become captain, just so they can get her on the poster with the, all the captains. Hmm. You know, now, maybe. But this is the kind of interesting thing I want to bring up: is is there any room for right wing conservatives, for Trump voters, for Nazis in? As audience members of Star Trek, yeah, they got the Klingons, yeah. and yeah, and they. Uh, but I mean, like, is it does it require you to have a progressive mindset to enjoy the show? Can people who are like, you know, have discrimination in well, their heart? That's the enjoy thing. This a lot of these people that are Trump supporters don't feel as though they discriminate, and they're, mm-hmm. they're the kind of people yeah. that say, "I don't see race, but I it, don't see these things." So maybe they can enjoy it on on that surface level, and, it's a, in that sense, it's also a cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. when you that. We all have. Mm -hmm. So when we see a story, we say, and that's like the thing like, oh, you guys see gay stuff and everything. It's because you're looking at it as a gay man. So it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's what they're trying to say. And me, I'm like, oh, they're talking about whatever, like, just happened in your life. You're like, oh, that's about, I wonder, like, this guy must have had, like, a... A uh, person that they love go through like step the twelve step program or mm-hmm. something, and you can see it all the time that people put onto anything that they want that they are from that that has to do with them, and that's what's wonderful about stories. But I think, and it's always strange to me when conservatives like Star Trek because it is the most anti-conservative thing possible, mm-hmm. but. They see something, and you can like Star Trek. It's like The Simpsons. You can like The Simpsons for funny cartoon stuff. You can like The Simpsons for trenchant political observations. You can like The Simpsons for pop culture references. All these things. When you watch The Simpsons when you're younger, 
and then watch it again 10 years later and then watch it again 10 years later you always are able to pick up new shit and with layers of things like that star trek is always a big thing so if you can put it onto things they will be able to figure out why it is like a trump voting thing it's a pro trump mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. yeah i mean if you're really far right you're not going to like the show i mean there was that guy who you said is local who was upset about the the gay characters on there there were people up in arms because peter, they used, peter la barbera yes la barbera and um there were people who were upset when they used a curse word on on the show so uh and just to point out peter that. peter la barbera is like the harry mud of right-wing christian conservatives with no charisma no charisma, but he's a he's a con artist and he works as an individual. He doesn't work with a group, but he makes himself look like yeah, he's this it's Americans for Truth against uh, yeah. homosexuality. Yeah, and you don't think homosexuality. You, and he runs a racket and he makes a lot of money running this racket and he's probably very cynical about it all. But he does this kind mm-hmm. of thing, just like Harry Mudd, yeah. mm-hmm. in order to sort of make a fast buck. But you don't think that he fucks. Harry Mudd, you look at him, you're like, this guy fucks. Well, he has the largest co- collection of gay porn. Well, who doesn't? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just yeah. going to say, you know, there's always going to be those people who are, are far right and, you know, very conservative or fundamentalist who are not going to be comfortable with uh, curse words or seeing uh, depictions of uh, homosexuality, um, lesbianism, et cetera, on the show uh but yeah just like brian was saying that people don't who are racist because we all have racism inside of us we don't recognize ourselves as that so they they can have this dissonance and see the show and and not translate that to to the actual world they can say oh it's great that all these different species are living together and still not want their kids to go to an integrated elementary school it's also like well that's the future and so like as Mm -hmm. we often kick the can down the Mm -hmm. road of like eventually i'll be there but Mm -hmm. like um there's several times throughout Star Trek history where they're just like, religion is stupid, and we don't have religion anymore in the future. Unless you're Chakotay. Yes. I mean, they often, yeah. Akuchimoya. And also... The We're cl- far from our lands of our ancestors. But they... Oh, God, Voyager. <laughs> but, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fausto has one Star Trek show. They're like, you ever notice this is a lot like the Harry Kim episode? And I think that that's what they were trying to get them across. No, anyway. your audience, Brian. You're pissing off all, most of the people listening oh, to this. Oh, well. They're like, um, Brian Sweeney's the monster. Hey, this episode, The Wrath of Mud, was, uh, this was all <laughs> T.O.S cool shit anyway yeah but um yeah there's a lot of like there's an episode where picard's like uh religion died out uh centuries ago on earth so like you can't be a fundamentalist or whatever and watch star trek and be like this is all gonna make me okay like i'm gonna agree with every single thing so like that's just there how was it an is. episode when neelix died and he didn't go to to uh talaxian heaven and he was really, really upset mm-hmm. that Seven of Nine lost brought faith. him back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, he, he was like, there is no God. And he was really, that was mm-hmm. really annoying episode. <laughs> hey, that's most of Voyager. <laughs> Boom! Take that! <laughs> I just want to say, you know, uh, to Colette and to Brian and, and Mark, uh, how exciting Marka. it's wonderful <laughs> and wonderful it is to do this episode, this this podcast with you guys. Um, what the Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, is available separately on the iTunes Music Store, so you can only subscribe to it, and you can leave a review for us. I give this episode, not our episode, but the 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 same the magic magic to make the Sandman mad, best episode title of the series, five 
Gormaganders out of five. <laughs> Gormagander day. On a perpetual loop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, let's read some of the reviews. Uh, Todd at Disney said, everything you guys do is professional and entertaining. Top-notch guests like Brian and Collette. Hey. hey. Thank you so That's much for us. your endless hours of entertainment. Scrappy Do Pup says, two other talk shows about Discovery, but this one is the best. Hey. Oh, awesome. I love you, baby. Keep it up, babies. And he's talking to them in a sexual way, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in your case, Colette, keep it what? what? Moist. Moist. Uh, Flood that her basement. nipples could be up. <laughs> yeah. Or a clit. It could be hard. Uh, whatever. Hard it up, baby. <laughs> and uh, Fish Sauce says, love these guys and gal. Hey. Yay. Aww, I'm not sure you. if he's talking about you or Foxy Kim. Oh, I'm sure it was you. <laughs> um, smart, funny, and thorough in their dissection of all things Star Trek. Been following Mark, Brian, and Fausto for a decade. Hmm? Shit. Yeah. We yeah. don't mind that long. Stalker. Have we and, that long? And we nope. still as entertaining as <laughs> ever. Oh, I appreciate that. You still got it, baby. Mm-hmm. I think we definitely should uh, uh, bring up uh, Anthony Rapp this week. Uh, did an interview where he talked about being assaulted by Kevin Spacey. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I'm a big fan of Anthony Rapp. And you know, to be honest with you, I've never really liked Kevin Spacey. And so, you know, my heart goes out to him that he endured something like that at the age of 14. And I'm glad that we're living in an environment now where he feels comfortable coming forward and saying something about it, even though he did say something about, it, I guess, to the advocate in 2001. But, you know, for whatever reason, the, the powers that be over at that publication uh, retracted Kevin Spacey's name. And now we're living in an environment where where people who are victims of assault uh, feel empowered to come forward and say, hey, this is what that person did to me. You've never liked Kevin Spacey? I've never liked Kevin Spacey. No. Not even Seven? No. Not even Usual Suspects? I mean, yes, but I mean, he oh, wasn't, okay. the thing about he it wasn't is, likable you know, in those movies either. No, he was we, a murderer. We as, uh, you yeah. know, the LGBT scene people, you know, we, they're, we're all everywhere, but mm-hmm. that's at the same time, we're relatively a small minority. Mm-hmm. And when you're out and living mm-hmm. in a community with other people, uh, chances are you're going to hear a lot of gossip mm-hmm. um, and stories about other people in, in your scene. Yeah. And we've through, I mean... We've known that that uh, Kevin Spacey's gay for years, but also we've heard time and time again awful stories about this guy. And um, I just never found him a likable, uh, relatable actor. I think he's he's a competent actor, but he's not somebody that I really uh, respected. And uh, also, I feel like people who are purposefully staying in the closet in order to make a buck mm-hmm. and then uses his sexuality. <laughs> Brian raises Me. his hand. Yeah. <laughs> And and then uses his sexuality mm-hmm. as a sort of get out of jail free card when he's yeah. caught with a, doing mm-hmm. something really right. awful. Yeah, that was is, despicable. And, it's despicable. Yeah, and that's the part that's really reprehensible. And I reprehensible. And this is nothing and I, new. For and him. I did like American Beauty, and I did like Usual Suspects, and I did like him in that okay. and stuff. So in that sense, yes, I did like him. Even oh, though those swimming with were sharks. Not. But but as as you know, any interview <laughs> that I've ever man. seen the him in and stuff like that, he didn't come off to me as you know he and, and the fact that he was closeted all these years. Uh, you know, I I don't really have a lot of respect for that. In some ways, I can understand that. And from what I'm understanding now is that, you know, he himself was a victim of abuse for his brothers coming forward. Uh, and he, you know, he is. Uh, and so he's perpetuating that cycle yeah. of abuse. And I'm. Uh, that's not true, though. Too, that's yeah. that's a false. That's, that's a false not true that you shouldn't really. put out. So, yeah, You're perpetuating. studies um, have yeah. shown that, yeah, people who are victims of abuse are not more likely to uh, abuse other people. The cycle okay. of abuse thing is not true. No. And that's even more probably disgusting right. that right. Kevin Spacey 
he is what, now yeah. using his brother exactly. to say this is true about all. Like this happens a lot yeah, with those okay. people. He so is well, putting, he's looking yeah. for redemption. So I didn't, I didn't realize I didn't realize that that was a thing. I thought maybe it was is like you kind of learn like maybe it's learned behavior. A part of me also too does not want to hold him responsible for something he did thirty years ago. I guess at this point in time, uh, so it, it has been a while, and I don't know if he's the same person as he was back then. Uh, but also to the fact that like Fausto said that he was just like I now I choose to live as a gay man is he's conflating like you know mm-hmm. being a sexual predator with being gay which doesn't do you know it's it's spitting doesn't in the face the of the whole LGBT in, in community. Well, was like this when, is why you come out of the closet folks. Yeah. It's not necessarily to make your life better mm-hmm. but it's it's also to make your brain better because mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey in, in some ways is very isolated by the fact that he's kept himself in the closet and he uh, you know probably would have handled this better. Maybe even he might not have uh, been such an asshole and a monster in the past had he been part of a community where he can grow as an individual. But you he's know? also he's like, almost sixty years old. Yeah. So like he he's is spent a lifetime age. lying to yeah. himself. It's harder for And hiding himself. Yeah, it's harder for a man that age to just And this is why out, this but. is why it's so important to come out of the closet is because it's about your growth as an individual. It's about Tapping into the the collective wisdom and knowledge of a community that struggled for so long, and when you isolate, I say this to Queen Latifah too. If you're listening, honey, <laughs> you know the fact. Mama Warden, what's her name? You know, Mama. when you isolate yourself as an act, you know it's already hard enough as a successful um, entertainer, as an actor and media personality to connect to to a community, to to your family, to your friends. And when you're purposely working really hard over time to to deny and isolate that aspect of your life, um, it, it it has a cost to you. It makes you dumber. It makes you meaner. It makes you selfish. And ultimately, you know, the per- not just the people around you, but you are also paying a price. It also and Kevin Spacey yeah. is is a great example of why we don't do these kind of things. Why we advocate people to come out of the closet. On the flip side, would he have had this career that he has had if he had come out of the closet? No, he hasn't, and that's yeah. why he. That's why we need to address this. And mm-hmm. when, as gay men, we need to celebrate and embrace people who are out, and encourage them to live their truthful and honest lives because. Ultimately, it's a concept, you know, we get more Kevin Spacey's out there. Um, Yeah, and I feel like when you do have that type of thing, the secretive lifestyle and shit, uh, it makes you you, uh, feel like you have to be a predator in every aspect. Like, because it's a dog-eat-dog world, Mm -hmm. and you can't, like, you're not allowed to do things. So you also take on this thing of, like whole world's against me so I have to get mine type of thing and if that seeps into you it can create very very ugly things so just listen to Feast of Fun where we're all good people that's right <laughs> Well, and we run into listeners all the time that have said it's like you know you made my life better because you gave me the tools mm-hmm. and resources to come out as gay yeah. we're not a, we're not a, we're an LGBT media company we're a, a, a publication where that is not willing to keep celebrity secrets like, you know. But I'm not going to out anybody. I'm not going to out anybody, but if, like, I know somebody, if, if it's worth telling our audience that there's some asshole out there, and we've certainly said, you know, 
HRC and Glad have been some pretty done some pretty rotten things over the course of years, and we've told you guys about this stuff. A lot of LGBT publications won't because they make their money from those alliances with these pretty despicable uh, groups and individuals, and we rely on your financial support in order to do this show. We we wouldn't be able to tell you the truth and and be as honest and forthcoming as we are. If we relied on money coming in from HRC, for example, from having a lot of celebrities on the show, if, if we relied on those celebrities being on this podcast in order to um, succeed, we would have to then cover up for a lot of their betrayals or lies it, when those lies and betrayals come up. And that's why I want to encourage people to really support, um, you know, audience supported programming because it creates a healthy relationship in terms of media. And, you know, like we had our, our, our President Trump's, uh, a lot of people associated with President Trump were arrested this week. And, you know, the stuff with Kathy Griffin and Anthony Rapp and Kevin Spacey and, um, um, shoot, um, Anderson yeah. Cooper and mm-hmm. Andy yeah. Cohen, Andy all Cohen. that stuff is like all tied to each Anderson other. Anderson Cooper. Yeah. It's like Anderson Cooper is kind of like backstabbing, um, Kathy uh, Griffin. Kathy Griffin. Oh. Yeah. And part of it is just like, you know, everyone's kind of piling on on, on Andy Cohen uh, as being this kind of jerk. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he's offering her cocaine. And I'm like, it's like offering, I, I would say, is like if you're offering somebody a drink. In, in Hollywood, that cocaine. You know, it's, it's not a rude thing to, just to politely decline. You know, it's not, you're not a bad, just because you're an asshole or a jerk saying, you know, would you like something to drink? Would you like some drugs to loosen you up to so you feel more comfortable is not necessarily like a bad thing to do. And um, I think Andy Cohen, like going after Kathy Griffin's career uh, gigs is is messed up. And he should really think twice about hosting New Year's Eve or trying, you know, he, I guess he's s- systemically been going after things of her nature, mm-hmm. you know. And so to me, it's like, uh, you know, as, as, I, as much as I appreciate Anthony Rapp Speaking as truth, it really. I also concerned that all these news items have really overshadowed his contributions as an actor um, in the series because now we're all talking about Kevin Spacey and not mm-hmm. the amazing, beautiful, wonderful episode of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, because I feel like it's it's back to like a classic Star Trek, and he was definitely part of bringing that back. You know, that joy, that mystery, that wonder, uh, the teamwork. Yeah, it's fun. Five thousand twenty-five. But I just could not. I could not yeah. mention it because he is such an integral part of the show, mm-hmm. and it's it is a uh, something that a lot of people are talking about online. Well, and, and Brian, you saw like Anthony Rapp going on a Star Trek Discovery after the after yeah, show, after, the after, after show, Trek on CBS. Just moments after this whole interview was uh, released. Yeah, right? it was. It's live on Sundays after the show. So and Sunday is and when they didn't mention the it thing. at all. No, they can't just be like. Hey man, Kevin Spacey tried to rape you, huh? And like, so what's up with spores? You can't just say that shit. It's it's tricky Wilson even Cruz for us to talk him. about it here. Yeah, well, yeah. it's tricky. It's hard what are you going to gonna do? But I mean, Andy Rapp, that's a Star Trek family. So fuck Kevin Spacey. I'll fuck you up, boy. Come around, my man, Anthony. 
that's my man because he's on Star Trek. So Col- I'll fuck you up. Colette, fuck you you're, all. you're our, our ship's guidance counselor, yes, therapist, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. multilingual. Yes, all uh, of those things. Yes, all the feel good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can sense Happy feelings. Sports. <laughs> Happy uh, any kind of like thoughts or advice uh, for actors and individuals who sort of like are you know they're managing some really dark secrets or mm-hmm. difficult situations. At the same time, it's like. They, you know, what kind of advice would you give Anthony Rapp, if any? Yeah, I, I would first commend him for uh, speaking his truth. You know, it sounds like he tried to do it before, but just for sticking to it and, and saying it again now under this environment where people are more amenable to hearing it. Um, I would say that he has an opportunity to be there um, as a mentor for other people who, um, you know, might be younger actors in the, in, in the business and uh, have maybe dealt with similar things and are looking for guidance about how to speak up about these things. So the great thing is, you know, like we saw with women in the hashtag Me Too campaign, that's getting more people to talk about it. So uh, I think that we're going to be hearing a lot more about people who uh, were subjected to abuse or uh, had uh, things like Kevin Spacey approaching them in that way and so um, I just hope that he can uh, be there for them and give them some guidance because there's power in numbers well I I really appreciate you guys uh, taking this podcast with us and boldly going where no other Star Trek podcast goes which is I mean we bring up a lot of really complicated and intense uh, topics in the show and I hope you guys appreciate it if you like uh, what the Trek share it with your friends Write a review. Yeah. Uh, let p- other people know that we're here and uh, doing this show and get them to subscribe. Tweet it out. Let mm-hmm. your friends know that we're here. And if you have any comments, please comment on the website or email us at mail at feastofun.com. Uh, next week is uh, Cis V Passam Para Bellum. What the hell does that mean? I'm going to guess like it's Latin. Latin. If you want to avoid war, prepare for war or something like that. Prepare for peace. peace. What? Prepare for war. Yeah, Let me put it it's something like that. Like. Yeah, if you seek peace, prepare for war. Oh, so yeah, shit going down, right? honey. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like that's if you what... want peace, prepare for war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we know anything about it so far? No, nothing's in the IMDb. Well, uh, there was that preview of it. Yeah, they're the in a. They're on another planet. Um, Finally, in like forest mm-hmm. in a forest, and uh, they come across some life form that's like a bunch of that might be particles. The, the one after into the forest I go is the one after that. Is no, because they they showed a uh, they showed a, a a preview or a, yeah they showed a preview of it on After uh-huh. Trek of the next episode. Yeah, I think that probably that girl that the uh, captain hooked up with Lorca hooked up with. I think she might die, and it looks like some stuff is going on with uh, Saru. Maybe we see some of his people because he was talking mm-hmm. about how this yeah. is the first time in his life he's never felt fear, but he always had felt fear before that. Yeah the the uh, the commercial for the next it said uh, it didn't say next time. It said like it just showed stuff, and then it said like Thursdays on Star Trek Discovery, so it might have been a clip of both next week and the next the week after which would make sense if Sundays you mean Sundays yeah the yeah, show airs on this, Sunday. This week and the yeah. next week. Yeah. So, uh, or fine, next week and next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what kind of so, cliffhanger do you think they'll leave us with? Uh, something big, or I, <laughs> I, yeah, they showed Cornwell, Admiral Cornwell, uh, in the Klingon, and they somebody, and the Klingon is like holding a knife in front of her. So, do they um, celebrate Halloween on Star Trek at all? Have they ever like worn costumes? And I know that like in the in the um, in, in Next Generation, they dressed up as. 
Pirates one time, and they did the Sherlock Holmes and kind of thing like That's that. That's the holodeck. Yeah. yeah uh, the Cat's Paw, the second season of the original series, has a Halloween episode where they discuss Halloween, but no, um, they don't have Halloween. Because it would be funny to see another character in Star Trek dress up as a Vulcan. They've they do it all the time. Yeah. appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show, and happy Halloween to everybody. Ooh. Later, ghouls and gals. Bye. Hello, boys and ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.